Yes, let's get into it. Consistency, consistency is the key to success. My name is Anna K. Hutchinson, and you're listening to For Change People. Let's chat, let's laugh, because it's your time to start choosing you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time joining the podcast, I am so excited to have you here today. And thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. So Barack Obama once said, change will not come if you wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change we see. So if you are seeking change today, listen, it has to be us that's making that change, that decision, that movement that we need. And it's going to come from us making the first step on our journey. Today's episode will take us on a journey into one's woman life, a mother, a writer, an entrepreneur, a humanitarian organization director, a speaker, and the author of two books, Cry Until You Laugh, and Love Is. You're in for a treat today because we have the amazing and lovely Kim, who's going to be our guest for today. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you? It's so great to see you. Great to be with you. Oh my God, it's great to see you. And I am excited about this episode. I know we're going to go into a lot. We're going to dive into your journey, your life story. And I know the listeners are going to take so much away from it. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love your show. I think everyone should listen to it. It should be in everybody's top 10 podcast list and listen to it all the time. It's awesome. It's a great show. Oh, thank you so much, Kim. Thank you for sharing that. That really, really, really touched me today. So thank you. Yeah, Yeah, that's very good. Yes. So, you know, let's start off with your journey. So you have an extensive background. Let me just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Your background is from a basketball coach, and we're going to start off there. So walk us through your highlights, your memories. Uh, you've been a coach for 25 years and you have been a basketball coach. You can walk us through that background and your journey. Great. Yeah, I love basketball. It's a great sport. I loved playing when I was a kid. I started playing when I was young. My mom actually coached basketball and I played all through high school and I coached even when I was in high school. I coached sixth and seventh grade girls and that was fun. And then coached middle school for a while and moved up to high school. And there's nothing like being a coach. There's just nothing like it. You know, it's a different relationship than a teacher. It's a different relationship than a parent. And it's something I wanted for my kids to have the kind of relationship that I had with my players. Because I think it's so important for kids to have other adults in their life that they can go to and look up to and learn from. So it was, I love coaching. So fun. Nice. 
I know that, you know, when you have someone that you could say, hey, you know, let me let me talk to you about this. Let me share this idea with you. Yeah, the kids, they do look up to us to be there as a mentor to them, to guide them in the right direction. And as a coach, I know for a fact, working at a middle school, I know the boys, they look up to their coach. They The girls, they look up to the basketball coach because they're like, you know, you are the the leadership guy that they see. And especially if it's the area that they want to pursue in life, they're looking for your approval, for your, you know, guidance and direction to say, hey, you're making that move and you're conquering that fear and you're leading in the right direction. So I know import how important it is to be a coach. Yes. Well, and there's coaches and there's coaches. Yes. And I just think the best thing you can do is if you're going to coach, if you're going to give your time, whether you get paid or you don't get paid, if you're going to be sitting on the bench, you're going to be in that position, that you should do everything in your power to uplift and motivate and give as much praise to the kids as you possibly can. Kids have enough insecurities. They all have stuff going on. That's one of the things I always started the season with is, all right, so we all know everybody's got stuff going on. Leave exactly. it at the door. Try to come into the gym clean and fresh and only think about basketball when you're here. And it's such a wonderful release for kids, any sport, just to get away from homework, get away from math, get away from home, get away from whatever's going on and yeah. just focus on something else for a while. Yeah. So be uplifting. If you're a coach, be uplifting. Exactly. Agree. <laughs> be there for them. So, you know, we're going to go into the humanitarian side of you. So you're a director of Rays of Hope International, and it's an organization, I'm sure it's near and there to your heart. So I want you to, you know, share with us what this organization is all about, how we can be of help to your organization. So we are a partnering organization. We work with people in their own country who have a passion, a vision, a mission to do something to help people in their own country. And they just need someone to walk alongside. So they already understand the culture and the language and know the true need. And they just need whatever help it is. So if they're building a medical clinic, they need supplies and they need a building and they might need some seed money or a school. Of course, you need pencils and desks and and all of that. A lot of times, too, it has to do with a business plan to make sure that it's something that's viable that can happen and always leading toward self-sustainability. And so they're not always chasing dollars. You know, when you're in the nonprofit world, it's all about chasing dollars. Unfortunately, it'd just be nice if you could just do the work. And so if there's a sustainable program out there to be had that then they can just do the work and the money can come, then that's then that's the goal. That's true. Has there ever been like a drawback, a delay in a mission before where someone who really has a passion for it, but because of the lack of money or funding, has that ever happened before with an organization? Oh, over and over and over and over again, unfortunately. Yes, there are, there are a lot of people that, that want to do something, you know, that, that see the need. I, I, I do a lot of work in Haiti. And it's the third, it's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Haiti is a tough, a tough place. It's the hardest place I work. And I work in some hard places. 
And it, it's just tough. It, it's wonderful people live, living in horrible conditions. And, you know, politically it's bad. Just so many things about Haiti just make it so tough to live there, to, to be there. And there are so many people that want to help and yeah. help their neighbors and whatever. But without funding, without something to be able to do it, it, it is impossible. Yeah. Wow. And how can we help? Like, what are ways that we can contribute to this group, the organization? Yeah, so Rays of Hope, we 100% of everything that comes in goes out. So I don't draw a cell rate. Nobody does all of the money. So we raise funds. We raise specific funds for specific projects. So if anybody is wanting to get in touch with me and talk to me about it, and if they want to help with what projects we have going on now and where the need is, we're working with a school right now in City Soleil and the toughest slum in Haiti's toughest slum in the Western Hemisphere and these wonderful guys. Oh my gosh, Luke Winter is just this fabulous guy and his friend that has built this school, nice. but it's hard to sustain. It's hard to, to keep things going, especially now with what's going on in Haiti. And so any and all money is so helpful. And whether it's $20 or $20,000, it doesn't matter. Every penny is used correctly. And I know exactly where it's going and none of it stays here. 100% goes. So if you're listening and you would like to donate, if you would like to make an impact in the lives of these countries, then you should definitely reach out to Kim. And I will provide all the information in the description of this podcast so that you guys can have it available and that you can, you know, go and be a part of this mission. I, that is the, that the string on my heart. I love these missions. I love to give back. And especially when it comes on to our youths. They are our future generation and we have to, you know, create a pathway for them because if we want to sustain this country or make sure that at the end, when we leave our legacy is left behind, we have to create something for them. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for starting that organization, Kim, and for sharing that with us. So we're moving on to 2009. 2009, your entire world has shaken up. You know, things happen to you. I'm sure you weren't expecting it to happen. So I want you to first share with us how 2009 had, you know, changed your entire perspective of love and your world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was quite a year. In September of 08, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My husband started having stomach issues and went to the doctor the end of September and was told, take some Tums, you know, it's because your wife has cancer. And then again in November, he went and told the same thing. And then they did make an appointment at a gastro guy and they told him the same thing. And then he woke up one morning and he was in so much pain, January of 09. And I said, well, go to the ER, you know, at least they'll run a test. I'll do something. They'll do something for you. And I was a week out of a surgery because of my cancer. And so I was still laying in bed in very comfortable clothing, watching Grey's Anatomy reruns. And so he drove himself to the hospital and called me after a bit and said, I guess they're keeping me overnight. Like they don't keep anybody overnight. What do you mean they're keeping you overnight? They don't keep people. And so I threw on real people clothes and in my Vicodin induced 
state. I drove like a mad woman to the hospital and I was nearly there. And he called and said, I guess there's a spot on my liver. And I just started bawling and I got to the hospital, parked my car, ran into the hospital, holding all parts of my body because I was in so much pain. And they told me where he was and he was behind a curtain and I whipped back the curtain and he was just sitting on the edge of the bed like nothing was going on. And I'm sobbing. Yeah. And he said, listen, I am not going to invite you out anymore if this is the way you're going to behave. Oh, no. I said, listen, buddy, you are not allowed to be funny right now. <laughs> but that was the beginning. And biopsy, blood work, et cetera. A few days later, we found out he had pancreatic cancer. And then he passed away just six weeks after that. I'm so and sorry so, your loss. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Yeah, he was a wonderful man. I had it better than most people have it their whole lives. He was a great guy. But all of a sudden, I had this whole different life than what I had planned. We had just become empty nesters. Yeah. And I, we were excited about it for whatever it means. I don't know, because we didn't really get to do it, but we were excited. We love our kids, but yeah. you raise them so that they move away someday. And so it was an interesting time. The whole time of life was in transition and interesting. And then to lose him thinking, I knew my future, Yeah, you know, I was 47 and that's not a time you lose your husband. You know, I'm planning on my nineties or something. So I had to figure life out and losing him really made me question love, made me question what love really means because there seems to be this mystery, right? People talk about it, but there doesn't seem to be great answers. You know, there's yes. different people say different things and I don't know, but so I wanted to figure it out. You know, what is love really? What is it really? And so I decided I'd do it, that I'd dedicate a year to figuring out the true meaning of love. Yeah. So you set out on a journey to find the quest and the, the reasoning behind what is love. And you, you know, you have a, <laughs> a great story behind that. So you went to 80, correct? You're in the country of 80. And you, you, you had so many ups and downs when you were on your journey. So share a little bit about that journey with when you went there and the yeah. that you had to experience and go through. Sure. So I decided I was going to use a very old poem, an ancient poem as a roadmap. The love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast. You at a lot of weddings. And that I would take one word a month and yeah. figure out, well, what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And I figured out, first of all, that there are 14 isn'ts and isn'ts of love in the poem. So it took me a little bit longer than a year. And but the craziest things happened. And I, I start out each chapter. I, I did this for myself, thinking, well, if it ever becomes a book, it becomes a book, you know. But if it doesn't, I'm doing it for me. Like I, I needed these answers. And so but I was writing. And so I start out writing what I think it's going to be like patient. We know what that is. You know, we're not honking our horn. We're stuck in traffic, right? Like we know what patience is, but then looked for love that is patient. So then I tell the story of what happens in Haiti that brings me to the conclusion. And it took me all month, every month. And it was something that would happen at the end of each month. And, and I was chased by a motorcycle gang. I got lost on a mile high mountain. I got in a car accident. I slept outside with tarantulas and snakes, like just crazy things happen. And so I 
I tell the true story, the, you know, the true gritty story that brings me to the conclusions that I come to that were, that really shook my world. Yeah. So, and if you want to find out what love is for real, <laughs> you have to take a look at her book and it's called Love Is. And that's how you birthed that book. And so you, your book is available. You can list it on Amazon, any other places that they can purchase the book from. Yeah, any, any online bookseller and also in brick and mortar stores as well. And Audible is available as of December 13th, I think. So it's Kindle, Kindle and paperback now and then Audible is available. And it's been really wonderful because I'm so passionate about what I figured out about love. And the things that we've been taught about love aren't necessarily love and things done in the name of love aren't yeah. necessarily love, right? Yeah. And so the things that I found out, I know will change lives and change the world, could change the world. And so it's been great since my book has been out. There have been so many people that have emailed or called whatever and told me their stories about what happened in their lives, marriages that stayed together, families that were split apart, that reunited and just different changes that happened in people's lives because because of the book. And so, which is so fun. It's, yeah. it's so great. You know, you, you hope that you go through crappy experiences in life. Everybody does. But if you can take something out of it and, and try to turn it into something good and the something you can share and help people with, the, that's the, the greatest thing you can yes, do. That's it. And thank you so much for writing that book. I mean, you could have kept your findings to yourself, your quest, you know, but you decided to share it with all of us. So I, I want to say thank you for doing that and for sharing with us. So there's another book of yours that you have, and I want you to share a little bit more about that book. And it is called Cry Until You Laugh. And I'm sure many of us can relate to that, especially, you know, if you're, if you're laughing really hard or if you're crying, you know, you instantly start to laugh. Like, why am I crying? Sometimes I do that. Like sometimes I'm watching a movie and the tears start to flow and I'm like laughing. Like, why am I crying? <laughs> I go, hey. right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the saying is laugh until you cry. cry. Right. Right. Because, yeah, you can laugh so hard that you start crying. And so and this is sort of the opposite of that, but kind of. So I, I started writing when I was diagnosed with cancer because I went to a bookstore and everything was either very medical or very depressing. And I wanted to know, well, what does it feel like? And are there choices you have to make? You know, I, I had no idea. I didn't have any close friends or relatives that had been through it. I really didn't know. And I was young, you know, in my 40s. And it's a younger time to be diagnosed. It's not whatever the average age or anything for it. And so I started writing kind of as a way to update family and friends as well. You know, I am going to the doctor tomorrow. But my writing was so much more than that. It was about what I was going through. And it's it's pretty funny. There's some some hard moments in it too, I think, but for the most part, it's pretty funny. And I did find out you do have choices you have to make. Like one of the choices I had to make was I to remove one side or two. Yeah. And it's like, well, how, how do you decide that? Like, exactly. I didn't know I'd have to decide that. I didn't know that was going to be a choice ever. And we were sitting around the dinner table one night and we were talking about it. And I'm like, 
with my kids and my husband, I said, I don't know what to do. And, and one of my sons, my son, Paul said, mom, would you get new siding on just half the house? I went, oh, good answer, son. I guess you would not. So yeah, new siding all the way around. That's what we're going to do. So, but there are, there are so many things. And so then I was still writing because I was still going through my journey when my husband was diagnosed and when he passed away. So I wrote for a little bit over a year and the title, Cry Until You Laugh. I mean, it's just what you have to do. I mean, you, you, you cry. Of course you cry. I mean, I still have times that I cry, but you have to be able to laugh again. You, you have to be able to. And I think sometimes people think that it's dishonoring to the person that left them, that, that is no longer here, that if you, if you have fun or you act like life is great, or you experience life that way and you laugh again, that you're yeah. somehow dishonoring their memory. And I believe it's the opposite of that. I believe if you really want to pay honor to the person that you loved, that, that you had to see go, then you do live life, live it fuller, live it fully, you know, give, give life everything you got. When you're here, they're not, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, if I could change it, I would in a heartbeat. I would love to have my husband here. I would do anything, but I can't. And so then my choice is how am I going to live? And am I going to wallow? Am I going to stay in that sadness? Or am I going to live and be a productive human contributing to society and, and being somebody that people want to be around? You know, it's tough to be around people that are down, yeah. but at the same time, show those people praise. You know, I mean, if somebody lost somebody and they're down, give them a hug, you know, give them some grace and don't expect them to just be different overnight or anything exactly. like that. But allow yourself, if you're going through it, allow yourself to laugh again and honor the person, honor the person. Not, it, it's not dishonoring. It's a myth. It's, it's the opposite of that. I love that. I love that you said, you know, honor them and you can honor them in ways that they were, you know, on when they were here, like, you know, the things that they used to do, what they love, you know, doing things that will remind you of who they are so that those are ways that you can honor them. So thank you so much for sharing that. So I know when your son, he switched his entire major so that he could help with the fight against breast cancer. And he has done incredible research in this area and this field. So I want to say thank you. Thank you to your son. You could pass it on to him because I know so many women today and family members are still trying to fathom or put their wrap their their minds around the whole cancer world. And you know, we're trying to all process why can't we find a cure or find something about it. So, you know, those who are working to help even narrow that gap you know, of survival rate, I have to say thanks to them. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty proud of him. It's my my youngest son. He was doing his undergrad when we were both diagnosed and when he lost his dad and and switched. And now he's Dr. Noah and he has his PhD and is actually getting his MD. He's a fourth-year med student applying for residencies right now because then he can have human contact and do research. Nice. And it, yeah, he has done an amazing job. So I'm very proud of him. Yes, that is amazing. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for that. 
Okay, so we are going to go into a little bit of your journey, and not journey, I should say, but what's coming for you shortly. So there's a new book coming for you, and also you have a vision board party, I believe, coming up shortly. So tell us about that so we can be a part, if anyone listening to the podcast can be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to do two vision board parties, one online on Zoom. And the other one will be in person. And I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You can fly in from anywhere if you want to. It's going to be a blast. But, you know, I think that it's always good to, to have a plan. I mean, the plan can change. The plan can change, but dream big. Yeah. And, and have some goals for the year. I love New Year's resolutions. I love them. I get excited thinking about a new year. You know, it's like this fresh beginning, right? It just feels so good. Yeah. And so I, I love them. And I, I just think when, when you think about what you want, I think if you can think about what your life is going to be like in a year, because that's, you know, a vision board for the next year, right? What your life is going to be like, where are you going to be at in a year? If you don't plan anything, likely nothing's going to happen. Exactly. But if you put things down on paper, if you throw it out there there to the universe, if you really dream about what you want and relationships and your job and whatever, let some good things happen. You know, that, I mean, this is for anybody and everybody. So that's the the vision board part of it. And then I'm actually writing two books right now. One I'm co-authoring a book on grief. And I think that's going to be really good because not everybody grieves the same. And, and there are steps of grief, but not everybody goes through the steps of grief and certainly not in the same order and in the same timing. And so people should be free to grieve how they grieve. And, and there needs to be some freedom in that and some more understanding. And so I'm co-authoring that book on grief. And then I'm writing Love is for Kids. Nice. The, young, the younger you can learn how to really love the right way, the yes. better your life is going to be. Exactly. We start off young. That's how we set that platform so that we can get to where we are. So yeah, thank you for writing that book. I am excited about that. The kiddos are, I'm sure the parents are going to love to read that to their kids and, you know, teach them what love is from that tender age so that they can grow into it. So yes, if you want to be a part of it, then you have to visit Kim's website, which is kimsorrells.com. And I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world. And because it's a ridiculous last name, I love the sound of it, but there's way too many letters. There's two R's, two E's, two L's. So kimsorrell.com, it's S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. I mean, it's a lot. But you can get to my website too by typing in loveis.info loveis.info. A little bit easier to remember, maybe. Yes. So go to loveis.info. And thank you so much, Kim, for being a part of the podcast, for sharing with us today your journey, your experience. And this was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Go for it now because the future is promised to no one. You have just listened to a weekly episode of For Change Be Bold podcast. 
You can keep the conversation going by following us on our Instagram page and our Facebook page at For Change Be Bold Podcast. And until next week, have a wonderful Friday.